Everything in reality has two faces, the spiritual and the material. When discussing liberalism, we must remember it is not just one thing. Like everything else, liberalism has a theoretical aspect and its application. When a person favorable to liberalism discusses it, the theory of liberalism will be highlighted. When its faults are mentioned, its supporters will claim the true liberalism has not been implemented. It is useless to talk of how liberalism has failed in practice because the claim will still remain that the true liberalism has not been implemented. This makes a discussion on liberalism more troublesome than might be thought. But is the theory of liberalism really defensible? What we do in this discussion is look at the idea of liberalism. The idea that all liberals embrace is freedom. But freedom is a relative term. Without the presence of a restraint or hindrance, the concept of freedom is empty. In this discussion, we will initially look at freedom through the lens of democracy, as it is through democracy that liberalism generally works. A key component of the democratic understanding of freedom is we the people, WTP. WTP appears to be a pretty simple idea. It stands for all of the persons who are eligible to vote within a jurisdiction or concerning an issue. Democracy assumes a fairly homogeneous population divided on certain issues exists, which suggests most issues that divide the group can be settled by majority vote. Democracy assumes homogeneous populations because if there were two cultures incompatible with each other, an election would not settle the differences between them. There are other issues that so divide a group an election will not only not settle the division it might exacerbate it. Questions regarding which group has the right to a piece of land or other natural resource cannot be determined by who has more people on their side. Taking land from one group and giving it to another is not likely to result in a reconciliation even if the benefited group has a large majority. Because there are so few issues that can be successfully resolved by a show of hands, democracies are riven with seemingly incompatible divisions. Economic, religious, and political differences all appear intractable. Yet, representative governments are expected to placate all of the competing groups and bring the issues dividing them to some kind of resolution. Even if both groups can agree to let the other pursue their objectives in relative peace, at best, governments provide an uneasy peace and whatever resolution there is, is grounded in an assumption one side did not win much and the other side did not lose by too much. In short, the hope is that the cost of revolt will be greater than the losses experienced in a negotiated settlement. It might be hoped that the democratic process will keep tension to a manageable level. But recent history suggests this is not the case. Liberalism promises freedom to those who embrace it. It either delivers or it faces a revolt. But freedom is not an absolute concept and so is not a tenable first-order principle, though liberals have chosen to embrace it as if it were. Everyone cannot be free, and to a large degree individual freedoms collide. If someone has unbounded freedom, they are exercising the divine right of kings. Only one person at a time can cut off heads and redistribute land at will. But even if an emperor does have great power, he cannot exercise it without some restraint. If he killed and expropriated without any concern for the repercussions, he would alienate those closest to him, and ultimately he would have no inner group supporting him. No one person has sufficient power he can afford not to cater somewhat to the needs and ambitions of his closest supporters. Tyranny is the ultimate expression of freedom. This is why there is such a focus on equality in modern times. 
but equality is no more possible in an absolute sense than freedom. Its primary function is to combat the centralization of power. Democracy is a way to take the ideas of equality and freedom and compress them into the one institution. But in some ways, democracy only takes the weaknesses of liberalism and accentuates them. The very act of voting or participating in an election removes freedom from the individual. The same can be said for equality. An election is the surest way to reduce one's freedoms and lower one's level of equality. Voting concentrates power in the office of the elected person. But as an election reflects the will of the people, this voluntary subservience is considered a good thing. But the key to understanding liberalism is not found by studying what it claims it is. Better success will be had by looking at what liberalism must be, if it is to exist. The key to understanding liberalism is to recognize first of all that it is a theocracy, not as we normally understand theocracy. But our modern understanding of the terms has been overly influenced by our familiarity with what is better understood as Western theocracy. Western theocracy is man under divine authority, devoid of rights, but compelled to justify himself through works of faith, which by their nature, build the church. The only right Western theocrats have is the right attached to their duty, which is to build the church. We own what we create. We own nothing created by others. We have a right to the value we add to the things of God, because it is this added value that builds the church. Eastern theocracies are much different than the Western. The Eastern view of God is much different than the Western view. God in the Eastern tradition is a lawgiver. He might be characterized as an ethical God. God in the Western tradition is an ideal. Eastern worship is more about obedience to the law and the commitment to a routine. Compliance in an Eastern theocracy is easier to gauge what might be considered worship is manifested in physical activities such as the performance of duties, which manifest an observable pattern. But introducing the idea of an Eastern theocracy still does not give us a key to understanding liberalism. There is a reason for their adoption of what we refer to as an Eastern theocratic model of administration. Their view of reality is endocrinal or emotional and feminine. Liberals are reactive and respond to stimuli in an emotional way. This also explains why they link gender to feelings rather than observation, though in other aspects they are staunch materialists. Rules are created to govern emotion. But rules are also created in response to an emotional reaction. Rules are manifested as matter, energy, space, and time. The difference is that in one case the rules are visible and narrated and in the other case they create the phenomena of things. But things are predictable because they are the concretion of rules. There is less mystery about how people like Trump can go from being an idol of the left to epitomizing evil in their minds. This same extremist reactions are visible in their personal relationships. The person fawned over and idolized in the beginning become marked for utter destruction because he or she did something that created a negative emotional reaction. A person is evil if they cause a liberal, psychological pain. The pain is a reaction to a disruption in the structure of their legal framework. One must be predictable to maintain a relationship with a liberal. One must be as regular and as predictable as the seasons. The desire for freedom and the call for equality and the hate of the right is all indicators of a people who are looking for what the Eastern mystics call samsara or nirvana. They want emotional extinction, a state in which their emotions no longer operate.
Of course, in the real world this makes them more of a sociopath than a mystic. Because of the differences in men and women, liberal women tend to shut down their emotional trauma s with self-harm, wine, and drugs. They also seek victimization so as to externalize the emotional pain they feel onto their oppressor. Men kill their emotions and blame others for their enemy. In the worst-case scenario, men seek justice through punishing the stereotypical guilty person, which is usually a woman. To conclude the discussion is to realize that to understand liberalism we have to understand the sublimination of emotion as a capitulation to a rule-based life. The desire for freedom becomes a desire to be free of the very thing that governs how they live, rules, and regulations. In the short term liberals live for emotional experience. But as the negative emotional experiences pile up liberals seek release by canceling the source of the pain in themselves, their emotional self. Liberals utilize several methods for stopping themselves from feeling and in the worst cases, seeking to punish the source of their pain even if in effigy. Hitler was a liberal who took liberalism to the limit. Hitler so embraced liberalism he became a caricature. His hatred of Jews was matched only by the agony he felt for Germany's shame. Hitler attempted to take all of his hate and pain and exculpate it on the Jewish race. And when this avenue was closed to him, he, like so many other weak liberal men before him, killed himself.